0: Welcome to Step Up and Thrive, where you get quick and easy tips on business management, productivity, stress management, work-life balance, and marketing. I am Thuli Parksey, personal development coach, and my task here is to introduce you to various ways to succeed in business by keeping the summit. Hello, today we are talking about visual branding. And my guest is Rebecca Fletcher. Rebecca is a brand designer who currently lives in Columbus, Ohio. When she's not designing, Rebecca works at the Children's Museum as an educator and creates hand lettering designs. Welcome, Rebecca, to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: And I am so excited to speak with virtual first grade teacher. <laughs> this is pretty interesting position, actually. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, it has been a very interesting year teaching first grade all online.
0: And you are also entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. How and why have you created your own business next to this uh, teaching part?
1: (laughs) Um, So my journey into entrepreneurship is actually, um, it's definitely a journey with lots of twists and turns. Um, I actually did not start as a brand designer. I've only been doing brand design for about seven or eight months. Um, But several years ago, I wanted a hobby Um, something to do after school to kind of help me relax, something that I could do by myself um, in my office that would help me to just kind of unwind from the day. So I started to pick up some calligraphy skills. From calligraphy, I moved on to hand lettering, which is very similar, just a little bit less formal. Um, and with my hand lettering, I started to sell some products that had my hand lettering on them. I sold a lot of teacher t-shirts, some mugs, some bags with just, um, you know, funny teacher quotes on them. And I sold those on Etsy. And last summer in 2020, I hired a business coach because I was ready to leave teaching and I wanted to, um, I wanted my Etsy business to get me to where I could leave teaching. And she sort of showed me that having a product-based business was going to be very difficult um, to scale. So instead, she encouraged me to find a service that I could offer to others. So in the beginning, I was offering just designing for other entrepreneurs. So instead of designing a shirt and selling it in my own shop, I would design something for them. They would pay for it and then sell it themselves. Um, I didn't get any clients from that. (laughs) And then I moved on to print-on-demand. So I was offering to set up um, print-on-demand stores for other people so they could do their own designs or use my designs and just upload them into a website and someone could order a shirt or a mug or a bag or whatever and it would automatically be printed and sent to the customer. I also didn't get any clients from that. <laughs> so I knew that there was something else and I honestly really really wanted to dive into logo design, but I knew that there was a lot of stuff that I would have to learn. I would have to learn the design principles, I would have to learn a new design software. Um I had I had designed my own logos, but they were all designed in Canva. So I just used a pre-made template and plugged in my business name. So they didn't look very professional. So I knew that I was going to have to learn a lot. And so I just kind of dove in. I knew that I really wanted to do it. I didn't know that I could. I didn't have the confidence that I could learn the design software um, or that I could learn you know how to build logos from scratch. But I kept working on it. I took a few classes um, from a wonderful designer who I adore. Um, and she showed me a software that was easy for me to pick up and I just I just kind of flew from there. I've had, Um, a lot of growth. Looking back on some of the first um, logos and brands that I designed, I'm glad that I didn't have any clients back then because they needed a lot of help. But now I feel like I'm able to design beautiful branding. And it's all because I've I've had a lot of practice and because I have these skills, like I have used my hand lettering in logos. I uh, My own logo that I have currently has my own hand lettering in it, so um, I feel like that's a skill that I'm able to apply, and it just kind of elevates what I'm able to offer to my clients. So definitely a long journey, (laughs) but that's how I got here. It all started from wanting something to do after school.
0: At least you've been very persistent, okay, this didn't work. Let's check what else could work.
1: Yes, I have done a lot of pivoting and a lot of experimenting. like it's exactly what you said. This didn't work, so I'm gonna try something a little bit different, and that didn't work, so I'm gonna try something a little bit different and then finally, I feel like I hit the sweet spot of this works, I'm good at it, and people need it so. That's where I'm going to stay.
0: <laughs> so, you've done a lot of studies, you've learned yourself, and can you please tell us what is the role of visual branding for entrepreneurs, for businesses?
1: Um, well, visual branding consists of three main parts. It consists of your logo, your brand colors, and then the fonts that you use within the graphics that you create for your business. So that would include like things that you post on your website, things that you post on social media, etc., um, the role of visual branding is to kind of help your audience, whether they be your current audience who already visits your website or already, you know, follows you on social media or your future audience who will find you and want to work with you eventually, um, to help them to kind of begin to identify you when they see your marketing materials. So when they see this graphic on their computer screen or their phone screen with your colors and your fonts and your logo so they'll immediately recognize it as yours. And if your content is something that they find helpful, they will stop scrolling and engage with that content, whether it be to read it or share it or leave a comment or however you ask them to engage with it. Um, visual branding also serves to attract your ideal audience. So, um, by choosing colors and fonts that will attract that ideal audience, you are kind of ensuring that they will be drawn into your content. Like if I were marketing to very bold entrepreneurs, I would probably use bold colors and bold fonts. And my logo would, it would be very bold and kind of loud and kind of like in your face. Whereas if I were marketing to um, like health food store workers, or like a health food um, organization, I would use um, like warmer tones and more earthy nature inspired elements within the branding to um, attract the right people.
0: You mentioned a little bit about this bold and more earthy things. If somebody is just starting mm-hmm. to create a visual branding, what different aspects uh, should they take into account so that, okay, this visual branding is also expressing themselves it's Mm -hmm. it's not like artificial okay yeah I want to get attention of all those bold entrepreneurs and now I have to put myself out with all those very bright colors and really a little bit weird fonts (laughs) etc so how we can find this match Mm -hmm. the, the branding and yourself
1: Well, I would say that something that's very important is to know the audience that you're trying to work with and understand how they relate to you and understand exactly why you want to work with them. So for example, just going with the bold example that we've kind of been talking about, um, I am a very kind of timid, (laughs) introverted person, so I don't necessarily love working with people who are very like in-your-face and they're very, um, you know, huge personalities. I'm very intimidated by that. So I choose not to market to people who market themselves as very bold and in-your-face because I know that that's not my ideal client. So my ideal client is an entrepreneur who already is established in her business. Um, She wants to go full-time but she doesn't have the branding to kind of elevate her business to where it needs to be, to where she's attracting her own ideal clients. Um, So I market to them. I know that that audience is attracted to more um, calming tones (laughs) because I'm kind of my own ideal client. So I'm lucky there. I can just look at something and say, I like that. I know that my ideal client will probably like that. And then I can just go from there. Um, So knowing your ideal audience and knowing what things they're drawn to is really important and knowing, you know, why are you marketing to these bold entrepreneurs? Is it because you love working with bold colors? Is it because you have a huge personality and you want to work with other people who are like you? Um, Why do you want to work with health food store workers? Is it because... You're a very healthy person and you enjoy helping them market themselves. So knowing your audience and knowing how you can relate to them is very, very important. Um, You don't ever want your branding to be opposite of how you market yourself. So I would not market myself with bold colors and bold fonts and, you know, neons because I'm a very... um, reserved person so that if someone saw a logo that was like hot pink and neon green and then they got on a zoom call with me who like (laughs) you know this is my personality this is how I am they would think that is that does not make sense like it's it doesn't make sense it doesn't connect and then they wouldn't trust me as much because they would feel like they're not getting a complete story does that make sense
0: Yes, it definitely makes sense. Good.
1: So having a consistent brand presence is also really important. So your um, your visual branding should match with your brand voice. And um, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but basically just um, everything should be one consistent brand presence. You don't want it to... Um, You know, some parts of your business to be really bold and in your face, and others to be, you know, very like shy and timid, kind of like I am. And then others to be like very loud and sarcastic. You don't want um, all of those different things. You want it to be one consistent and cohesive um, experience for your clients.
0: Totally makes sense. What about companies who have existed for a while already? And they are maybe thinking, okay, maybe it's time to Mm rebrand my business. Can you please tell us when is that right time for rebranding and what can we take into consideration?
1: Yeah. So I actually have a whole blog post about how to know when it's time to rebrand. Some of the instances that I talk about would be, for example, if you are pivoting your business and you are kind of changing direction. So maybe you're working with a new audience or maybe you are offering um, a brand new service or a brand new product. That would be a really good time to rebrand, to just kind of show your audience, hey, here's something brand new. And hey, look also, my brand is brand new and we're offering this new thing. We're going in this really exciting new direction. So, you know, come and celebrate with us. Another way to know that that it's time to rebrand is if you are kind of embarrassed to send people to your website or your social media because you know that it doesn't look good. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. You could be in business for two weeks and kind of stumble across this or you could be in business for 20 years and stumble across this you know I don't want to send people to my website I don't really want to market myself because I know that it doesn't look good and um and I don't want people to have this idea that I don't know what I'm doing because my colors are all over the place I don't have a logo And stuff like that. So that would be a really good time to rebrand. And I say rebrand because even if you don't have a um, consistent brand presence or a consistent visual branding presence, um, your audience is going to recognize your kind of mismatched graphics, colors, fonts. And, and they're going to take that into consideration when they want to work with you to say like, you know, this person says that they're a life coach, but looking at their website or their social media, you know, they don't have their life together. So I don't necessarily know if I want to work with them or um, when I began my um, brand design business, when I pivoted into brand design, I knew that I needed to redo my own branding because it was not consistent with what I was going for. And I was using whatever colors I wanted. I was using whatever fonts I wanted. And so I knew that in order to attract the right audience and convey the message that I wanted to um, with my pivot, I needed to have a new brand presence. I would say that if someone wants to rebrand, obviously as a brand designer, I'm going to suggest that they work with a professional, but I know that there are also tons and tons of color palettes that you can find all over the internet. I wouldn't suggest copying one exactly, but definitely using them as inspiration. Ask your audience what they want. Ask ask your audience members, what's your favorite color? What color are you the most drawn to? And then work from there or... um looking into color psychology, you know, if your brand is very happy and sunshiny, then you're probably going to want to use a yellow color. If your um, brand caters more to like health food um, stores, like we were talking about earlier, you're probably going to want to use some greens and some browns and maybe even some yellows in your branding so that you can make sure that you're attracting the right people.
0: Great. (laughs) So I have, New task waiting for me.
1: (laughs) I know it's something that a lot of people don't think about. You know, you don't, you're working so hard in your business. You're working on getting your website together and posting and showing up on social media. And then you kind of realize like, oh this kind of looks like a mess. That's what happened to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to fix this like right now because I can't market myself as a brand designer if my brand is a disaster. So.
0: (laughs) Definitely like that. (laughs) Now it's time for our quick tip section. And this is something that we do regularly on our podcast. And my question is, what is your biggest revelation about visual branding?
1: My biggest revelation, um, I think, I know that I've talked about this quite a bit, but my biggest revelation is knowing the importance of understanding who your audience is and what they want from you. Um, I am right now in the process, actually, ironically, in the process of rebranding my own business because... My audience has changed. My ideal client has changed. Um, When I first made my brand back in November, when I rebranded back in November, I redid my logos, my colors, I chose new fonts to show up with um, consistently. I was not clear on my ideal audience. And so my logo that I have currently is very cute and it's kind of quirky. And it has my hand lettering in it, which I thought was really important. But as I've grown in my business and I realized that I want to work with more established entrepreneurs who already have an audience, they are wanting to up-level their branding. They're not looking for someone who designs cute and quirky branding. They want someone who's going to give them a luxury experience. They want to walk away with a beautiful brand identity. And my current branding doesn't show that that's what I can provide. So I have redesigned my logo. I'm in the process of finalizing my colors. And um, I've chosen all new fonts to put in my graphics because I know that those colors, fonts, and that logo are going to attract the people that I want to work with. Whereas before, I was just kind of going off of what I liked. I liked this logo. I thought it was cute. I thought it would serve me for a long time, but it didn't. And so um, if, I, if I had known my ideal audience back then when I rebranded uh, back in November, then I wouldn't have to be going through a rebrand again right now. So know your audience. <laughs> know what they want. And that is my, that's my takeaway.
0: Thank you. This is really great tip.
1: Thank you. I yes, I wish that I had known it (laughs) when I did my own rebranding back in November because it would have saved me a lot of time.
0: And actually, now you have great story. Mm -hmm. I do. I do have
1: a good story, and now I can not only say it's really important to know your audience. I can say it's really important to know your audience, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Don't do what I did. And
0: branding is also stories we Mm -hmm. can tell.
1: Yes, you're totally right about that.
0: Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining and sharing all those amazing tips. And if our listeners would like to know more about you and follow you, where can they do so?
1: First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. I have really enjoyed talking about branding and brand design. If your audience would like to check out my website, you can find me at RebeccaFletcherDesigns.com. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Rebecca Fletcher Designs. And... I have a TikTok, but I think I've posted about two videos, (laughs) but that name is also Rebecca Fletcher Designs. So anywhere I am on the internet, my name is Rebecca Fletcher Designs.
0: It's easy to remember. Yes. And I know you have great gift to our listeners, mm-hmm. can you please tell about that one?
1: I do. So for your listeners, I have my ultimate branding checklist, which is um, it's a checklist that is designed to kind of help you um, define your brand, define your audience. Um, figure out your brand story and how you kind of got to where you are. It is designed to help you figure out your brand voice, so how you communicate with your audience. And then also um, kind of define your brand and your life balance. So how are you gonna show up professionally while still serving your ideal client while still having a little bit of personality in your brand? So, I um, I will have that available for your listeners, and I very much hope that they find it helpful and useful.
0: Thank you so much. You'll find the link on Show Notes page, so where you have all the transcript and everything available for you. Thank you again, Rebecca. It was an amazing time to talk with you.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking me to be on your podcast today.
0: Come and check all the show notes and transcript at stepupandthrivepodcast.com 27. Thank you for joining Step Up and Thrive with Rebecca Fletcher. I'm your host, Tuli Tune in in two weeks.